Hi, it do be me, Anson. Remember to like, subscribe. <laughs> no, remember to go on Spotify and Apple Podcast and give this a five-star review. We haven't even started the episode, honey. How are you telling them to get a five-star review? That was already good enough. Like, that was the content. To we love that. Them. Well, if you don't know us by now, welcome or welcome back to... It's your line. Oh, it's mine? Cheese Mosas. <laughs> With me, Mosas. Flop. Flop. We're off to a good start. Okay, so this week's topic, I'm excited. This has been on our list for a while. Yeah, we've been wanting to, we are passionate about many things. Once again, one of those topics where we have passion but no knowledge, and yet we're talking about it. I was like, which is exactly what you came here for. I feel like we have more knowledge on this than a lot of the shit that we've said on this podcast. So, sure. People don't come here to like, you know, like get an education or whatever. Like we're here for entertainment purposes. That's true. That's true. (laughs) You know, if this is your type of content, good. If it's not, well. Okay. So what are we talking about today? So this week's topic, we're going to be talking about social media because, because why not? (laughs) Uh, So we're going to get into the nitty, 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 into the nitty gritty Greedy? Wow. Nitty gritty. Wow. The wow. English. <laughs> I'm trying to be a white person right now. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that TikTok? I don't know. Wow. Look at me being you. Look at me taking over your brand. I saw this TikTok. <laughs> that, that was like this immigrant ass man. And he's obviously from some, I don't know where he's from, but he's not from America. And he mm-hmm. goes, do you ever just, like, say white people shit? And you're like, why am I saying it? Like, let's rock and roll. And that was a nitty gritty. I mean, that was pretty. Actually, yeah, no, we don't use things like that very often. Despite living in a predominantly Caucasian town for four years, we avoided <laughs> a whole lot of, you know? Oh my god, speaking of white people, because I was just listening, I've been listening to like podcasts all day. (laughs) I was just listening to like Addison Ray with her mom. They are so southern and like obviously when you're with people from the same place, like you know, those those things come out. So like when I listen to their podcast, like they are very southern. Basically, she doesn't say basically she says like they went. I don't know, but she basically like uses past tense for something that is obviously present tense. And it's like a southern thing. And I was like, what the fuck are you saying? Like people from the south don't know English. Yes. We're also from the south. We just happen to live in Miami, which is another entity of its own. So we just sound like another (laughs) species. But most people from the south have a southern accent like Texas, Atlanta, right? Yeah, Atlanta people have an accent. It's like how when we went up to the north, we started saying y'all, but we never said y'all before that. And now I say y'all. We is a lot of people because I had never (laughs) got to that point. Let me fucking tell you. Like I use it in text. I I say y'all in text more than I say it in real life because that's just embarrassing coming Mm -hmm. out of my mouth. But giddy up, y'all. Let's go on a ride. 
But anyway, we're not here for that. We're here to talk about social media, which is obviously a really big part of our lives, unfortunately. Yeah. How much on average do you go on your phone? Like on my phone, I spend a lot of time on my phone, but it's actually usually not social media. It's a lot of messages. Like I talk to you all day. I talk to my boyfriend all day. Like I talk to people all day long. So I'm always on my phone, but it's actually not usually social media. So for social media, I spend probably a little under two hours a day on my phone. Oh my God. Like your weekly um, report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's under because I have limits. A day, a day, not a week. Isn't that the a day you usually spend something something per day? Yeah, 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 yeah. Per day, that's so good. So, but like on my phone, it's like way over that five hours a day. So on messages, it's like two hours. But then yeah, I'm exactly on messages. Day, yeah, my messages hours. is always like huge. But Instagram, I spend the most time on. And then if I go on TikTok, if someone sends me a TikTok, I just go like on a. I just forget yeah. about the world. You just. You start scrolling and like you never get off. I feel that. That's like me with Twitter. (laughs) I feel like you're never on your phone though. Okay, that's the thing. I am like, oh, I don't want like a large screen time. I don't like being on my phone. Like recently I started doing this thing where I wake up in the morning and I don't look at my phone like 30 to 45 minutes. Because I used to do that. Like I wrote, I'm in bed and I'm scrolling on Twitter and I'm like, what am I doing? Like Mm. that's not a good way to start. I, yeah, I, I only turn off my alarms and, like, things that, like, you know, would make a noise. But other than that, I, like, leave it somewhere in the kitchen and then I just carry on with my morning. Oh, okay. It was really hard, though, like, that transition. Because really? I'm, like, eating breakfast. Like, why am I looking at a tree? Like, I could be looking on my timeline. <laughs> like, it's toxic. You get Right. I mean? You do. You always went on Twitter when you ate breakfast. That is true. I'm always on Twitter. But then yeah. I just go on my computer. <laughs> she does do that. <laughs> She'll be like on Instagram on like Chrome. I'm like, bitch, what are you doing? Like, it's the same thing, honey. Like, where is the logic? It makes me feel better about myself. My computer screen time is probably like 20 hours. That's a lot. That's way too much. I'm just on my computer. Like, the reason why my phone's on silent. 24 7 is because my computer is on like volume so if you call me it interrupts whatever i'm doing or if you text me i get like you know so i never need my phone to be on volume we'll get into that topic later but that i guess that was a good way to start like with screen time and stuff mm-hmm. obviously i think we all have problems when it comes to social media like it's so hard to find someone that doesn't spend like their whole day on their phone and not just, like, social media, but just the phone in general is such a, like, social coping mechanism for me. Like, when I'm in a social situation and I don't know what to do, I just reach for that fucker and I'm like, okay, I'm going to, like, text someone or, you know, like, scroll through something. It's not good because you avoid social situations. <laughs> yeah, you avoid life. Like, you avoid social, like, interactions by going on social media for online social interaction. Isn't that so funny? Absolutely. It's interesting that you say that because it gives us a feeling of being connected. At least for me, it does. And that's why that's one of the biggest issues I have when people are like, oh, delete like your social media. Like I'm deleting like Twitter. 
don't get me wrong. I, for example, me, I don't spend all day on Twitter. Like I'm not super, like I'll go on Twitter for like five minutes and stop. I guess my timeline is just not that popping. You get me? If something happens, I'm like, oh, what are people saying about this? I have to go on Twitter. You get me? It's Mm -hmm. that feeling of being disconnected. And it's actually like the opposite. Like you will probably feel more connected to the people around you if you fucking shut off your phone. But you're a dumb bitch and you rather just like avoid social interaction and an awkward elevator ride instead of talking to the person next to you like you're going to pull out your phone, you know? Yeah. I've, (laughs) I've been that person that's like, oh my God, I want to delete Twitter. Like I said, I'm on Twitter like all the time. My news, it's my like text messages. Like I just use Twitter for like what it's not supposed to be for. And I literally use the search bar as like Google sometimes because I'm like, you know what? Twitter is better than Google and whatever. And so I'm like, maybe I can just delete Twitter. But then it's like me being like, I'm going to be left out of this piece of information. Like, I'm not going to know what people are saying. It's the irony. No, it's so ironic, though, that like you feel the need to connect with people that you have no clue who they are or are halfway across the world have nothing to do with you instead of the people around you. I feel like it's half the time when I do that, I'm looking for confirmation or like validation for like the same opinion, which is why we do it. Brings us right into algorithms. What are your thoughts? The infamous Instagram algorithm. Instagram, when it first came out, started on a really high note because you got your timeline in the order that it's supposed to be in. And then one day... Instagram was like time is but a concept (laughs) and they just started showing you random posts and that's not what I'm here for that's so crazy now that you say that it reminds me that when Instagram first came out that kind of started my obsession the chronological order thing that if I didn't get to the post that I had seen the previous day I would be like oh I didn't finish my feed and like that would really annoy me that's me with Twitter (laughs) (laughs) yeah but twitter also has a fucked up timeline now like they're like related topics i'm like bitch who yeah but i still scroll past it like you can still get to the bottom where you left off that's true Yeah, yeah yeah you can so like they've kind of kept it better instagram has been ruined by facebook because instagram was facebook's competition so mark zuckerberg said let's buy them out and that's exactly what they did so the two founders of instagram actually dipped because they didn't like where uh, zuckerberg was actually taking the company really mm-hmm. fun fact oh the path like facebook has set out for itself it just kind of they start to buy out like their competition so they did that with um whatsapp they did that with instagram they tried to do it with snapchat but like snapchat wouldn't like you know do it It, it's (laughs) a whole thing oh my god we can also talk about snapchat but like is that relevant i don't think so no i feel like our (laughs) we're like non-zoomer enough to use snapchat anymore i think is snapchat still really popular among the youngsters yes i i think so like the younger people on my on my on my zoomer list they do be posting stories like i don't go on snapchat unless someone sends me something like when we have like a little chat with like you know our roomies but other than that i rarely go on it yeah i know like the whole streaks bullshit do you remember that oh my god and i got so tired of it in college because i had real life things to do but then like every day was just one picture like streak 
And I'm like, what is the point? And so one day I was just like, no, I'm going to end all my streaks. <laughs> We're just like right. a thousand something. Oh my God. I had like days. Bitch, that's years. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? So, <laughs> the point where like, when I went on a cruise or like when my friends would go out of town and we wouldn't have like internet, it would be somewhat like you would give your account to someone else so they can carry on the streak. No, I'm so serious. <laughs> like, like my friend was going out of town or something. So he gave his login to his girlfriend so that she could keep snapping me and at, like the streak. And I was like, bro, like there's no point in this anymore. You get me? Like that was three far. Yes. You took that three far. <laughs> Everyone I never that did that in my school. Uh, I've never heard of that. Like, I don't know anyone that's so okay. First of all, intelligence. Because I was about to say that. Oh, what about when you went out of town? Because one of my friends and I, like, we also had a very long streak. And once he went out of town on a cruise, obviously, like, this we streak. lost it. You're good. Yeah. That's genius. That's Zoomers for you. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, fuck you. We're Zoomers too. That's, oh my God. Every time I say that, I want to die. Have you heard that? <laughs> Here we go again. Have you seen that TikTok? <laughs> You're such a fucking Zoomer. That's like, oh my God. Tell me you have, I know you haven't heard this because you don't go on TikTok. So I'm just going to pull it up. I've seen a lot of people talking about what is the scariest generation. Is it Boomers, Gen X, Gen Z, or Millennials? But there's another generation that you guys should all be watching out for. This is the group of Zennials, the people born between Gen Z and the Millennials, between about 1995 to maybe 2002 at the latest. People say they are afraid of Gen Z because y'all will fight a cop, but aren't willing to ask for extra ketchup with your meal. But the Zennials, the cuspers, we are just as willing to die, but we're not actively seeking it out by eating Tide Pods. We're willing to take the same chaotic risks as the Zoomers, but we do it with planning because the goal is not to die. The goal is to risk death, but be successful. If Gen Z is chaotic evil, we're chaotic neutral. You haven't heard that? No, I haven't. Of course you haven't. (laughs) Whatever. But I've seen like the, okay. I've seen like the, the Zoomer, um, like what, what would happen when Zoomers become doctors and nurses? have you seen those i've seen they're so funny they're like hey mama what's the problem and it's just like it's your like social gender like non-conforming nurse here to serve you like oh how funny or like um gen z's i mean um boomers zoomers zoomers is lawyers and it's like and that's on like and that's on something your honor like you know like that type of stuff yeah <laughs> that's A funny wreck. anyways millennials goodbye so I actually did a little bit of <laughs> research. And according to Instagram, there are six factors that influence the algorithm. The first one is interest. So like, depending on what you like and what you search up, they're going to give you that content all the time. Number two is relationship. So it prioritizes who you interact with the most. And that's who they show you, obviously. Number three is timeliness. So I mean, depending on, like, how many people are online, that's going to be how, like, well your post does. See, that makes sense. And I thought this was really funny because there was literally a link that was, like, the most popular times people, like, post on Instagram. And there was literally, like, research, like, on Monday at 6 a.m., on on Tuesday at, like, 7 p.m. EST, like, 
timetable for when you should post for like maximum likes, which I should do that. Number four is frequency. And number five, following and number usage. So I just thought that was like interesting how it's not chronological, but rather like all these machine brain analyzing machines. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, the Instagram algorithm is just hated, especially among a lot of like creators and, you know, influencers and like very big users on the app. There's just like a movement away from Instagram, especially with TikTok coming along. There is no way they're going to be able to keep up. Like, unfortunately, I love Instagram, but it's true. Like their algorithm is not made for like creators to be able to thrive it's just so hard if you're actually Mm -hmm. trying to make it like if you're actually trying to reach and target a larger audience and now they're basing it off like people will just scroll through their timeline and like anything so now they're focusing more on the sharing and saving aspect of it and so it just it makes it really hard for people that are actually trying to target an audience to actually reach that audience there's something called like interactions and like they'll like make percentages out of it and stuff and creators have noticed that like these have slowly been uh dwindling and a lot of creators are moving towards other platforms just because instagram isn't doing it for them anymore and naturally so many creators put so much time into their posts and their stories and like you can get so creative and for it to not really have the return quote-unquote that you would like i i see why people are moving away from the platform it's funny you say that because the same um situation happened to youtube creators were so fed up with the youtube algorithm which did facebook buy them out as well that's google actually oh because they fucked up the youtube algorithm as well i remember seeing so many content creators like upload things like the youtube algorithm like blah 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 blah. i saw a whole like game theory video on it where like the guy like explained everything obviously i don't remember an ounce of it but basically pushing like content creators always keep pushing like hey make sure to ring the notification bell subscribe like give the video a like because otherwise like the video is not gonna go anywhere a lot of social media platforms also do this thing where they one promote like the top creator in that you know topic or just that field Mm -hmm. and they'll really push like the top three and four creators and that's kind of unfair a lot of the times these are like family friendly or brand friendly or like clean and so it just really limits one like your options and your viewer experience And the other thing they'll do is that they'll ban, shadow ban, like that's like a very common term among like creators. Yeah. And a lot of my favorite creators always get shadow banned. Like it's really annoying. I have to actively search for the creators I like to see because I will not get their like posts on my timeline. For people that don't know what shadow banning is. It's basically um, the platform against selectively keeping a creator out of the followers like timelines or feeds and stuff and actively like not pushing their content towards their viewers so like they tend to be naughty or more explicit uh creators because naturally that's not convenient for a wider audience 
conversely, <laughs> I feel like YouTube does a really good job of like promoting their like knowing like what you like and just like pushing it down your throat. Cause you click on one video about like one topic and for the next two weeks, that's all you're going to see on your homepage. And that's how you get sucked in. That's called, that's what um, my boyfriend and I like to call the YouTube wormhole. I'm there every night at 2am. Find me there. In the autoplay feature. Genius. Absolutely genius. I actually do listen to a podcast, not frequently, but I've listened to it before. It's called the rabbit hole. And it's um, by the New York Times. And if you're really interested in like this kind of topic, like algorithms and stuff, it's literally called the rabbit hole. So they actually explain like thoroughly. They interview actually the YouTube CEO, I think. She's actually a woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that. Which I thought was very impressive. I didn't know that. And they talked about how like YouTube radicalizes people. And I've seen this firsthand with some of my friends. Yes, you've told me about this before. And especially when it comes to politics and stuff. So, like, at what point do you draw the line between, like, pushing the content that someone is going to be interested in and then, like, pushing them over the edge? You get what I'm saying? There was a fucking research. I don't remember what it was, but I definitely read about it, which I'm not going to make any sense because I don't remember the context. But it was some sort of, like, rebellion against the government. It was basically about what you're exactly what you're saying that like it pushes you towards the radical left or right. And it was, I don't want to throw out a country because it's going to be wrong, but it was like the people there, they found out that everyone within the protests were there because of YouTube. Like the YouTube agenda was being shoved down their throat. And that's why everyone like at the protest was there, like rebelling against the government, which I thought that was crazy. I love YouTube. I really do. It's one of my favorite forms of like um, digesting content. Mm-hmm. But like, it it's dangerous. It's so dangerous. Which brings me to the next platform, which is sort of related to YouTube, but it's better because it's short form content, and that is TikTok. Do so you want to get into the YouTube TikTok tea? What's a YouTube TikTok tea? how youtubers are like i spend hours months editing a video for it to get half a quarter of the views a tiktok does i need i mean tiktoks do take time like i've made tiktoks before they're not like a six minute six second like you know shoot and then upload but no it's not it's nowhere near as much work as a youtube video right but Okay, to explain the algorithm, basically, they essentially, both YouTube and TikTok use the same algorithm. It bases it off what you like and what you continue to watch. Except the reason why you're like, wow, TikTok's algorithm is like nearly perfect. Like, how does this thing know? Think about it. Okay, YouTube, I know I watch like longer YouTube videos because my boyfriend always will criticize like, what do you mean you're watching a 25 minute video? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, this is short. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say 25 is not that long. <laughs> no, but the, most people watch shorter, like in the uh, 10 to 15 minute range videos, except right. So YouTube 10 to 15 minutes. So it takes the algorithm, quote unquote, like that amount of time to learn what you like. On TikTok, it takes 15 seconds to one minute. So obviously, you're going to spend a lot more time on it because it's short Mm -hmm. form. And obviously, we have short attention span now because we do. That's just how we are. 
it can learn you what you like and you dislike much faster. You get me? Mm-hmm. So in the same time, let's say you spend an hour on YouTube, you've had time to watch maybe four videos. You spend an hour on TikTok, you've watched at least 60. That's so crazy. That's so true. Exactly. So it learns you, but better. And it uses essentially the same algorithms, like the same right, content right. for both. But obviously TikTok just does it at a faster pace, lead the content is shorter. That's so wild to me. I mean, it makes obviously a lot of sense. Obviously, it makes all the sense because they just go off. They'll throw you something that they think you might like based on the social profile that they've built for you. It just makes sense. So all of a sudden, they've discovered something else to add to my social profile. And obviously, the algorithm just gets better. But yeah, shout out to the creators that still post on YouTube because it's a whole production and TikTok is not. Yeah, And now TikTok creators are like, using youtube to continue building their audience which is really frustrating for youtubers one tiktok has a lot of legal issues behind it so that's why a lot of creators feel the need to move their audience and start building a brand elsewhere because you don't want to lose that what happened to all the viners how many viners have to diversify yeah you have to diversify obviously your your audience well, no, not your audience, but your pathways of income, essentially, for them. Mm-hmm. I was like, which is why everyone releases a book. But those are the OG YouTubers. That's not... Well, Charlie D'Amelio did release a book. <laughs> yeah, no, everyone releases a book, an eyeshadow palette. That's it. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> your retirement fund set. set. <laughs> a sponsor from audible.com. Hi, Audible. <laughs> it's me again. I know you're listening. <laughs> your AI is working. You know how you sense up where you're mentioned? Audible.com. Audible. <laughs> I am here for you. <laughs> it's just, we would give truly, like, you don't even have to pay us. <laughs> yeah, no. You just, like, contact me. Exactly. And like, yes. Hard eyes. Exactly. Just like give us an account where we can use the app for free. And that's it. Like you really don't have to pay us. Like this is all we want. I don't even like audiobooks, but for you, Audible, I will do anything. We won't even use it, dude. Like it's fine. So we got Instagram done. We got YouTube, TikTok. Finally, the epitome of social media in the 2021st. I was going to say century, but in 2021, <laughs> online dating. Hello, Tinder. Hi, Hinge. To ha- all my fellow Tinder users. <laughs> Hinge, what else? Seeking um, arrangements. If you're interested in doing a sponsorship, I would not be opposed. You know what I saw before we filmed this? Amazon dating. Amazon's making a dating app, or maybe it already has one. They really, like, they started with bookstores. <laughs> and they're really trying to take over the world. They will take over the world. It was just... Amanda's not need to make any more money. <laughs> with online dating algorithms, I didn't know there was one. But obviously, with all platforms, like, there's obviously an algorithm because they need to learn about what you like and, like, who to match you with. And so I think, Nicole, you did some research, right? Because I didn't... <laughs> 
there was an article that came out. I don't remember. It must have been over a year ago, though, for sure. And it basically went into the way Tinder and the way all of these platforms work, essentially, is that they create a social profile for you. For Facebook, you can actually see it. I don't know if you can on other platforms, but for Facebook, you can. If you Google it, I'm not exactly sure. In the settings, you can go into it and like figure out what they have you classified as. And if you spend a lot of time on Facebook, obviously, it's going to be better. So that it'll be like single living in like South Florida, and they'll have like a vibe for you. And it'll be like bohemian vibe or some shit. It's funny, honestly. Don't come vibes for me. They'll have your political party because they'll determine based on what you like and you don't like, like what you vote as and stuff. And that's how we lost an election. But that's, that's a different episode. <laughs> that's not what we're here for. We're here for the fun and the clout. And speaking of clout, I feel like that's mainly why people get on social media dating apps right it's for the clout it's for people to follow you on instagram it's not for like looking for a long-term partner for that's not what you're there for well i think some people are there for but it's like not for a long-term relationship it's for fun and for meeting people also for um sexual needs other things they may want to fulfill with a stranger on the internet it's a characteristic of like our generation like like couples looking for threesomes all that too yeah, yeah. you would never I'm like i'm gonna know left so basically the tinder algorithm it does that same thing it creates a social profile for you i'm sure based on mostly your location and how attractive you are actually so the article that I was reading is actually an article by Vox. And the way the Tinder algorithm works is that it's based off other people's interactions as opposed to your interactions. So, for example, Anson has a Tinder profile. Is it left that you like or right? It's left. You swipe right to like someone. You swipe left oh, to toss them in the trash can. Okay. And okay, let's say Anson's on Tinder and she gets a boy who is attractive, right? And she swipes right on him. His interactions and his quote unquote social rating is based off people who, how many people have swiped right on Anson? Not how many people have swiped right on him, but the people that have swiped right on the people that have swiped right on him you're doing a terrible job of explaining but i understand what you're saying (laughs) do you get what i'm saying it's based off other people's interactions as opposed to yours which is different from how other platforms work right it's like if a person with a lot of swipes right like very attractive probably probably getting a lot of swipes um swipes right on you then your social rating goes up as well because like damn you're probably cute too exactly so naturally it's gonna match people who are fairly attractive with fairly types when i use tinder personally i barely swiped on people like right on people because most of them were just very creepy men so i don't think the algorithm worked on me because i matched with a very little amount of people 
so you do have to play with the algorithm in order for it to work with you like i mean i feel like if you swipe right on everybody well obviously you have to engage with the algorithm for it to work honey like (laughs) not me there for entertainment purposes (laughs) but i feel like now that we're talking about tinder and whatnot let's talk about the toxicity of social media because imagine like you go on tinder like you're you're a hopeless romantic hoping to find your your prince charming on a white horse on tinder i don't know why but maybe you are and just you just don't get that many matches even though you're swiping right on everybody and isn't that just like really self-deprecating like really sad you get what i mean like obviously men are gonna swipe on girls that they want to fuck on tinder like okay what's a what's a nicer way to phrase that so we can put it in obviously men are gonna swipe right on women that they would like to censor word with and (laughs) beep beep and like just imagine if you're just like not what they're looking for and like nobody is swiping on you like you're just getting an empty like that doesn't happen very often though you think no i've i mean at least i a lot of my friends are on tinder and have been on tinder and that's just not what happens like people usually get laid (laughs) it it works like the algorithm works i really do think it does good to know maybe download tinder again (laughs) (laughs) i think i really do think it works and i think eventually you're bound to like find someone that you'd like and i've seen people like have relationships off tinder too successful That's ones true. as well mm-hmm. it works yeah long term exactly i don't think it's impossible i feel like at first when tinder first came out when we were first starting college and stuff it was more of a one night stand situation mm-hmm, a hookup situation but over time i've seen a few relationships like come out of the like dating apps and it's very normal now yeah no that's super normal but i get what you're saying as to like the fact that they use an appearance like things like an algorithm that is based off appearing as opposed to your interests and your likes and they kind of actually discourage writing getting deeper on your profile right so like bios are usually short you get me? What the biggest thing is like your profile pictures and like the few pictures that you can add. I want to know my bio. Oh Do my I god! Myself? What is your Tinder bio? I mean, I'm never gonna download it. Well, never say never. But as of current, I don't have Tinder, so you're never gonna find me on there. But I used to want to be a geneticist, so it was future geneticist trying to get in your genes. Oh, that's kind of cute, though. And my entire, I I was asking for it with this bio, my entire like conversation, like the matches Uh would just be like, I can be the Gila case to your blood. And I was like, that's not, no, like, stop. You're like, I want a nerd, but not really. (laughs) But not really, like, be stupid. (laughs) They're going to think that that's what you're interested in, so. They're like, let me pull up whatever information I learned from bio one. And I'm like. Like, that's really what they say. Like, using all my bio and knowledge on you. And I'm like, block and report it. 
<laughs> I think it's the effort that counts, personally. Sure. Back to what I was trying to say with my analogy that didn't really work out, but social media do be toxic. Whether it be Tinder, whether it be Instagram, YouTube. Oh, YouTube be toxic, toxic. Because we saw the rise of social media. Like we were, what, seven, eight when like MySpace came along. And mind you, the first social media app like came out in the 90s and stuff. But I'm talking about widespread social media use. Absolutely. Like we really saw the rise of that. And so I feel like a certain part of our generation Actually, I would quite a bit of it. It's like a product of the emergence of like social media and technology. It really has shaped our generation. Like I think we all suffer from low key like ADHD. I'm not a clinician. Don't quote me on that. But our attention spans are just trash because of social media. Like people go insane without their phone. No, some people go insane like just like without the scrolling like the mind not even like actually actively reading but like the mindless scrolling it drives them crazy without it and I'm like you can I promise you can walk from point a to point b without looking down on your phone like I I promise you can do it I just think like so many things I mean I'm speaking very broadly obviously not everyone is has their head up their ass and like people care about more things than social media because I have friends who like don't engage with social media and it's not their tea but I feel like a part of our generation does have issues like seeking validation in social media which I'm guilty of and so are you and I'm coming for you right now (laughs) that just like hit a spot in like my heart that you didn't need to And it's, and it comes from like insecurities that obviously like stem from somewhere else, but obviously you seek a solution instead of therapy in social media. And that goes both for external and validate internal validation. Like for me personally, (laughs) I find myself seeking validation from like Instagram likes which is the craziest concept to, like, Nicole, because she's just like, what? But, like, I literally, it drives, like, (laughs) when I post a picture on Instagram, I can't go on Instagram for the next five to six hours just because I just, like, don't want to see how many people have liked it. Does that make any sense? No, that makes sense. It's like when you send a text, like a risky text. And you'll, you can't look at your phone after for a while because you're like, oh, fuck, is it, you know. I delete pictures. I archive pictures if they don't reach a certain amount of likes. Isn't that absurd? I saw Anson's archive the other day, and there are so many posts on it. Mind you, posts with me. Like, <laughs> I was like, bitch, like, that's our picture. She's like, yeah, I didn't do well. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, okay, go off. Like, it doesn't affect me. But go off like if that's your um coping mechanism it just i definitely comes like you were saying it comes from an, a, a deeper like personal issue that i need to deal with but it just you know reflects on instagram for me personally i don't seek external validation like social media has messed me up in a different way i don't care about the likes on my pictures actually 
but she's like, mm-hmm. I know where you're going. <laughs> but I actually seek like internal validation. Like, for example, I don't think like, oh my God, like people don't like me. No, like I don't like myself. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. I don't like myself if I don't look like the bitch that just posted. I'm like, wow, that's such a good picture. Like, that's such a good spot. Or I wish I had that type of life type of like, I think like these are reoccurring thoughts in my mind. I'm like, you shouldn't think like that. Right. Because social media, especially Instagram, allows you to paint such a picture perfect, like, image of what you want your life to be so obviously everybody face tunes the living shit out of every photo they post nicole's like not me couldn't be me wrong bitch with social media setting up like ridiculous expectations for what women and men should look like like no okay let's be real that picture of kendall jenner that went viral like a week ago maybe from when we're recording the one of her in front of her mirror and people were just like, whoa, girl. Like, half of the internet was just like, wow, like, you look amazing, like, beautiful. And then the other half is like, girl, like, no one looks like that. And that's just going to mess with young girls' mind. Like, girls are supposed to look like you, but nobody's body is actually, like, the normal person does not, is not built like a plastic Barbie doll. Right. And that just, like, really messes with both me and you and I'm sure so many other people's like body image and like beauty standards and that's not okay it's a connectivity that you feel to these influencers because early 2000s like you couldn't see what Britney Spears was up to like on a daily basis but like now like you can literally see what like Kendall Jenner and Kylie and all of these people you see like an inside look into like their everyday life so you feel more connected to them and that really messes with your head because it really messes with my head. <laughs> That's so funny. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about, which is parasocial relationship, which you basically just like mentioned. Okay. What is it? Like you were saying, you get an inside look on what Kim Kardashian does when she wakes up in the morning and she takes a fucking shit. You know, you can basically see it. You get me? And that's what a parasocial relationship is. It's basically you as an audience and as a content consumer forming this relationship with some sort of other person on the screen, whether it be a celebrity, an influencer, it can literally even be like a character from a show. Like it doesn't have to be like a person. It just needs to be something that you consume every day. And then you end up forming like the same bond you form with your real life friends. Like you have the same like love and intimacy and friendship and trust in these people as you do like your best friend, which is so crazy that I'm saying this because literally I'm currently forming a very, very bad parasocial relationship this moment, like at this very moment with an anime character. Are you fucking kidding me, Anson? Just like with my pet rock. With Levi? God, slice me in half, daddy. Okay. And I, once again, did research and it says many studies have focused on adolescent girls about parasocial relationships 
because they're more likely to form these strong bonds with a media figure and be influenced in, ser- in terms of like lifestyle choices and like we were talking about body image. And then what really breaks people's heart is when your, con- your content person that you're like forming this relationship with suddenly goes offline because they, you know, are living their own life. They don't need to like address it with you necessarily because you're not actually their friend. They're, you're just their audience. But then you literally experience the same breakup as you do a real life relationship. And that's why a lot of content creators, like when they are taking social media breaks, like they have to announce it and stuff because people do form very strong bonds with these um figures in general like it could literally be with someone that's like that has like five thousand followers these average like looking girls like hello my 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 favorite person on this earth right now is addison ray i literally feel like i'm besties with her i consume all types of content that she puts out whether it's a youtube video a podcast episode a tiktok like you name it like i will consume it just because i have a strong bond with her like I swear like she's my biffle another one another one that I feel like I am friends with is Alex Cooper from Call Her Daddy Alex Cooper has probably the second probably like the second or third biggest podcast in the world right now she is up there with like Joe Rogan but Alex Cooper has a huge audience but it feels like when I listen to her podcast, like I swear I'm her before. She's just so real. And obviously it has to do with her personality type as well. She's very honest and she's super genuine and like it, her brand isn't clean or like filtered or anything like that. So you really feel like you are like talking to your best friend about the man that was in your bed last night. You get me? Because that's literally what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> The daddy gang is like values her so much and her opinion that they're willing to send in like their like personal like story and be like, hey, give me advice like on your podcast, listen to it by millions of people. Right. Yeah. And another really like popping off platform that allows you to form really strong parasocial relationship is Twitch because you're live streaming with tens and thousands of people and I've recently got like really sucked into this same trap and like it's great because you get to have immediate feedback you get what I mean like I don't have a twitch account or anything but I know people that do they like write things and like your streamer person is gonna read the comment and like talk directly back to you Mm -hmm. the same way like Instagram stories but like on a way bigger level yeah and it's funny because I've started watching these therapy videos with between like these Twitch streamers and like a psychiatrist. And that's where I learned about parasocial relationship because they address it in a lot of their like concerns. Because they're like, look, all these people are coming to me with like their real life problems. Like, hey, what should I study for college? Like, what should I do with this? Like, what should I, how should I deal with this problem? Because you think, they think they're their friend. And it's easier to like, maybe reach out to a bigger person that may not like respond but like it's the first step of like asking for help like a lot of them don't know how to deal with this on the other side like even though we're the ones like giving the love and giving the 
the relationship they're on the other end like I don't know how to accept this because like I'm not your friend and like I don't know how to like deal with all this that's crazy I never thought yeah like what's it like to be on that receiving end of all this love and affection and from random strangers like yeah and it really affects them like when I watch their um videos they're like bro like I am grateful but like I don't know how to deal with this responsibility that's on me yeah no naturally no one is meant to be loved on that level I am so sorry I don't care like there's no way that you can stay sane you know what's a crazy example corpse husband because he's a faceless youtuber or a faceless like streamer like you don't even know what he looks like but based on his voice you form like an image. image of what he's of what he's supposed to look like and then you like literally have that relationship but you're he's you you can't even see him as a person so that's so crazy how, how like millions of girls like millions he goes viral for like breathing on twitter like he literally posted a video of him breathing on twitter and it went viral and i was like corpse really <laughs> like what Wow, that's a really interesting example because yeah all of these other girls like at least quote-unquote like influencers they go viral for the way that they not they go viral but like they're followed and they're loved and they're liked because of the way that they look like so the fact that he is on the opposite end of that that people don't know what he looks like and he's literally like what one of the biggest like twitch streamers right now yeah he's he's not even on twitch he's on youtube but oh really yeah he's a youtube streamer but that's how little we need to give for like us to just simp over a person on the internet for a lack of a better word you follow people on instagram like you have to look at them (laughs) like hello you get me so the fact that people don't know what he looks like that's crazy it really it it really be the personality for me it really no of course has a great personality but i don't even follow him on instagram it's just pictures of his hand that's a thirst trap right there but that do be a thirst trap (laughs) his veins <laughs> clean fingernails <laughs> our concluding thoughts on today's episode i guess it's just social media really has impacted and shaped the way we are as people on a daily basis like we're on our phones and consuming content 24 7 whether you know it or not and that's kind of scary it's a double-edged sword for sure you have to draw a line between like how much it affects you like we talked about with body image and with forming parasocial relationships versus like getting the educational information we get from reading the news or you know etc etc that's good from social media but i also think it's really dope that social media has given so many people like really great opportunities oh for sure for sources of income, for um, a career, and it's an alternative route for a lot of kids, like, nowadays, like, you'll literally ask them, like, what do you want to do? It's like, oh, I want to be a YouTube streamer, or I want to be a YouTuber, it, whatever, you get me? Mm-hmm. Like a content creator. A content creator, and I think that's really dope, because we, I guess, like, the a certain part of the Gen Zers or whatever were raised on like, you have to go to college and like get a degree. Like that's 
you know, like you're not going to make it in the entertainment world if you're a singer or an actress. Like that's really hard. It's not feasible. But these kids, all they really need is a phone and they have them. Like most kids have phones. And I think that's really cool. It, it Yes, it's toxic, but like if creating content is what actually makes you happy and like you're good at it and people enjoy it, then I think it's a really cool opportunity for you to expand just what you can do. Mm-hmm. I agree. And you connect with so many people have, who have the same interests as you and then you form a beautiful community and it's it's great in a lot of ways, but it's also bad in a lot of ways. And so you just got to balance her out. But yeah, we do spend way too much time on our phones, on social media. I love mindlessly scrolling. As you pick up your phone, honey. (laughs) And I'm like, is there anything else I want to talk about? I do have a really bad habit. I don't know if this is off topic, but I click my phone a lot. Like the lock button. I do that a lot. And sometimes I find myself unable to go to the bathroom without my phone. And I'm like, Anson, you can pee for five minutes. You don't even pee for five minutes. You can pee in just without a phone. But I'm like, no, like I could be scrolling on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. If you haven't done so, make sure to follow us on Instagram and follow us on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a review and tell your friends about it and do all the things that we were just criticizing on social media follow us like our posts make sure you're sharing with your friends saving our things because instagram has a fucked up algorithm now yeah engage with us on social media our quote of today's episode is comparison is the thief of joy don't compare yourself to kendall jenner no offense no one will ever look like her do you want to look like her food for thought Our word of the week is social, which social in Spanish is social. Me realizing I don't know what social is in Cantonese. Like I just Googled it, but it gave me society. And that's not what we're here for. So I guess we'll only get Spanish. Social. (laughs) Anyways, well, we saved you a lot of brain power. So social is easier than whatever I would have said. So. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye. That is all. (laughs) 